Today's episode of the Roger Hoover Podcast is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And the Roger Hoover Podcast is proud to be part of the River City Rogue Podcast Network. For the best local blogs, vlogs, and podcasts on sports culture and entertainment, head to RiverCityRogue.com. Bold views from the bold city and beyond. I'm Roger Hoover, and welcome to this episode of the Roger Hoover Podcast. Recording this on Friday, July 28th, 2017, on the road. We're at Trustmark Park in Pearl, Mississippi, in the visiting broadcast booth, as I get to record an episode on the road, mainly because I just feel like it's been too long. Last time I released an episode was April 27th when Barry Larkin, my interview with him, was shared. And it's been very busy over May, June, and now we're pretty much at the end of July as the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp season is going along just fine. It has been a really fun year with these guys, and we're over 100 games in. We're almost to the midway point of the second half of the season. And the Jumbo Shrimp are still tied for first place with Pensacola. Have a very good chance to continue playing baseball later into September. Would be nice to see playoff baseball for the first time in Jacksonville since 2014. So it's been a fun season with the Jumbo Shrimp uh, because of just all the busyness of all the different work uh, over the last few months. I've not been able to release a few episodes that I've already had recorded and really want to share. So that starts today as I was able to get a lot of work done early this morning and that way my afternoon a little more manageable. And I'd love to share this conversation with Kendall Grayson, the director of broadcasting for Alabama Hockey. He and I sat down in mid-March in Coleman Coliseum and had a really interesting conversation. First of all, getting to know Kendall, his background, what led him to Alabama. And he's a very interesting voice of the Crimson Tide and the fact that he is the voice of the Crimson Tide for a sport that is not considered a varsity sport at the University of Alabama. And it's even a sport that doesn't play its home games on campus in Tuscaloosa as they have to play their game at the Pelham Civic Center in a suburb of Birmingham. So it's about 45 minutes, an hour away from campus. But these guys who are not scholarship athletes, they play the sport of hockey for the love of the game. And they are continuing to be one of the better club hockey programs, not only in the southeast, but the entire country. And as you'll hear Kendall explain really how it all works and how it's really all run by students as well. That's what's really fun about Alabama hockey. And they first got on my radar when I kept seeing people on Twitter talk about them that are with the University of Alabama, including one of their big fans has been Avery Johnson, the men's basketball coach at Alabama. So once I kind of started to see his tweets about Alabama hockey, started researching the team a little more and started to find out a little more as well about Kendall and just said, you know what, this is going to be a really fun conversation if I can get Kendall to sit down and talk with me. And again, we did in mid-March back at Coleman Coliseum. He has probably forgotten all about this interview by now, but definitely wanted to share this conversation with somebody that is a very unique play-by-play broadcaster in Kendall Grayson. Just give the fact that he went to Alabama for a club sport. He's doing a great job as the play-by-play voice of Alabama hockey, and I think he has a very long career ahead of him in hockey play-by-play. Since it has been a couple of months since this interview was recorded, part of it may be a little bit outdated, especially right at the top when I first asked Kendall about John Buchagross, one of the ESPN SportsCenter anchors, wearing an Alabama hockey jersey on SportsCenter. So that's where we start this conversation. I think you'll enjoy hearing from the director of broadcasting for Alabama Hockey, Kendall Grayson. 
So the other night, John Bucci-Gross on SportsCenter wearing an Alabama hockey jersey. How did that all happen? Well, it was great to see him in the, in the crimson sweater there on Sports Center with Scott Van Pelt. Uh, John Butchigross, first off, has been one of the biggest supporters of college hockey that I've ever seen. Uh, he does a phenomenal job promoting that brand of college hockey on ESPN. Uh, but he has this thing where he likes to uh, get these sweater donations, and, and he, he will wear them on, on broadcast through ESPN. And so we sent him one back in January. And uh, earlier this week, it just happened to be our turn to uh, to, to have our colors shown there and, and represent the University of Alabama. We, we did not know he was going to wear it until he tweeted out uh, a few hours before the broadcast to let everyone know, but uh, it was certainly great to see him do that. And what was the response online? I'm sure a lot of even non-hockey fans, but Alabama fans in general, really excited about it. Absolutely. It was one of our biggest uh, days for social media of the year, it turned out, and it was a, it was a late segment, uh, I think about midnight Eastern or so, so... Um, once that happened, there was all types of interaction on social media. Uh, we're very big on Twitter. We have the biggest Twitter following uh, in the country out of uh, ACHA teams. And so uh, almost 7,000 followers on Twitter. And so whenever we tweet something out, and, of course, we put a picture of him on uh, on the broadcast there on ESPN, uh, a lot of interaction with people that were uh, very, very glad to see Alabama on uh, on SportsCenter. First about John Bucci-Gross and, like, what he's meant to college hockey because before it had not been getting near the kind of attention it does from somebody like him. But just over the last few years, has it mainly just been Twitter and the college hockey <laughs> hashtag that's really helped it take off? Absolutely. The, the college hockey hashtag. Hashtag he's really adopted and, and made his own, and I think uh, everyone, whether they're at the NCAA level or the ACHA level like Alabama hockey, uh, they, they try to uh, interact with that as much as possible. And, uh, you know, he does a really good job of just getting that brand out there for people. And, and exposure is, is very important for college hockey. Uh, there's 60 Division One teams at the NCAA level. There's 60 Division One teams at the ACHA level where Alabama is. Um, and so that's, that's really good for them to have that type of exposure. He has the overtime challenge in the NHL game. So you can tweet your guest to who will score the goal in overtime for the NHL games. And so he just does a phenomenal job. And I, I think he's a real asset for ESPN. Have you tweeted in? the overtime challenge i have not uh but i know a lot of people have and i know he's got some uh, very good prizes up there if you're uh, able to, to guess correctly well let's talk about your background where are you from originally from shelby north carolina which is about 40 miles west of charlotte um so not necessarily a hockey hotbed uh, the nearest ice rink is an hour away from my hometown uh, but they do have the charlotte checkers in charlotte and they were an echl team which is the double a uh, affiliate of the nhl and they have uh, since then in 2010 elevated to the american league level which is the triple a level um, i've been lucky enough to call a few of their games over the years uh, they've been a, a real big supporter of, of me in terms of allowing me uh, to grow as a broadcaster. I worked under their uh, current broadcaster, Jason Shia, uh, in high school, did some internship work with him, and uh, slowly was able to gain some experience that way. Um, and then the Carolina Hurricanes are about three hours away from Shelby. Uh, so I, over the years, have been a big supporter of them. I've, them, I've been lucky enough to see them play a few times. I was there, I believe, in December. Uh, to see them play, and they won an overtime game against Boston, so that was great. But uh, I think the sport is growing in, in the state of North Carolina. It's certainly growing all over the United States and really in the southern United States as well as we've seen more and more professional teams uh, sort of crop up. What were you more drawn to? Was it the just going to the games and kind of experiencing it that way, or were you also drawn to the uh, broadcast aspect of it? Well, I, I think certainly the broadcast aspect of it. Uh, John Forsland is the play-by-play -play voice, the TV play-by-play -play voice for the Carolina Hurricanes, 
And uh, as the Hurricanes are three hours away, um, as you can imagine, it's not very easy to get to those games for, for someone like me growing up uh, in, in North Carolina. But uh, seeing him call the games on TV, he does a phenomenal job. He's one of the best in the business. And so just watching him growing up, I think, really gave me an insight into the, uh, the broadcast industry. I didn't really know I wanted to go into broadcasting until about high school. Uh, and I made that decision, but uh, he was certainly a big influence, and I think he does a phenomenal job. His color analyst is Trip Tracy, who's a former Carolina Hurricanes goaltender, uh, the longtime radio voice of the Hurricanes, Chuck Caton, on, on the radio side of things. He's been with the organization since 1979. Um, he's done every Hartford Whalers game and now every Carolina Hurricanes game, so he has been um, very visible in terms of broadcasting for that organization. Uh, but I think Hockey's an easy sport to get into. Uh, it's really quick. There's a lot of uh, hitting and aggression. And I, I think the, the number one topic people want to hear about is fighting. You know, how much does that really crop up? And I think that uh, that has been um, suppressed a little bit over the years, especially in the NHL. Uh, at the college level for Alabama, you cannot fight. And so you are suspended if you do. We've never had a player suspended for fighting in the five years that I've been there. Um, so that, that really isn't something that happens at our level, but there's still uh, incredible speed, incredible skill, and, and huge collisions. So no fighting, how do things get resolved then? If there were to be a situation where normally in the NHL, wherever you would see a fight, how does it get resolved then at the college level? Well, that's tough. Uh, usually the teams will come together, and, and there's a lot of pushing and shoving and, and words, words exchanged, but the referees usually do a good job to separate them. And then also at our level, uh, the, the players have to wear uh, either full shields or face masks, and then so that prevents a lot of the fighting as well because uh, it really doesn't do any good to, to hit someone that's got a cage over their face because that's not going to really solve much. And so I think that uh, the ACHA, the NCAA level of, hockey's, uh, of hockey, they do a good job of, of trying to pr uh, prevent that type of, uh, of action as well. All right, going back to your high school days, you say you started to get the broadcasting bug. What did you first start to hear that made you want to get into this? That's a great question. I, I think, um, you know, I was interested in the sport of hockey specifically. Uh, I'm a big college football fan and, and other sports as well. Um, but I, I took a chance and contacted Jason Shia, the director of broadcasting for the Charlotte Checkers, my senior year of high school. And basically, I just wanted to learn about what he does. And so I was really nervous the first night I got to go to the broadcast booth uh, as just someone who's going to sit back and observe because my biggest fear was I was going to see him perform and, and give a broadcast and learn that that's not what I want to do for a career. <laughs> but it was the exact opposite. I, I fell in love with it. Um, and so through my senior year of high school, I was doing statistical work for them, passing the broadcaster's notes during the games, uh, and also doing uh, intermission reports. So I'd come on during the intermission, talk about the out-of-town uh, out scoreboard and things like that. And then over the past couple of seasons, I've been able to call a period here or there um, and that's been great experience for me on the air with them. But uh, they, they are a huge reason, the Charlotte Checkers and Jason Shia, why I'm, I'm in this position today. Yeah, and then how did it all work out for you to be able to come to Alabama? Well, when I got to Alabama, uh, of course, I wanted to work with whoever was doing the broadcasting for Alabama. And uh, I got here and found out that there was no play-by-play -play broadcaster. And, and really, their broadcasting at the time consisted of one person standing at the top of the arena uh, with an old you know, video camera, moving it back and forth and sending that out to the Internet. And the quality at the time was something that I don't think a lot of fans were happy with. And so I came in and really wanted to call the game. And I wasn't concerned so much about a video broadcast, but I was concerned about doing this job right, doing it to the best of my abilities. And so for my first two seasons, we had an audio-only broadcast. And I would go to every road game, every home game, 
and call the game and, and, and develop myself as a play-by-play -play broadcaster. Uh, the first year I did not have much of a color analyst, and then I had someone join me uh, as the year progressed. And then ever since, I, I've had help with, with color analysis as well. Uh, but then the final three years, uh, we've had a video broadcast. The last three years, we've also had a video broadcast for the home games. Uh, but as Alabama has elevated their uh, play from ACHA Division Three to ACHA Division One for the past two seasons, uh, most teams have a great video broadcast for their home games. So that's something that uh, the fans really aren't starved for anymore. They know that when they want to follow Alabama on the, ro on the road, they have options. They can tune into my audio broadcast or they can watch the video feed. Uh, but really... I just wanted to, to learn from whoever was doing it at Alabama. I found out when I got here that there wasn't anyone. And so as a freshman, I got to step in and call games, and I've, I've been there ever since. So how did Alabama win out over some other schools that maybe you were looking at? And I'm sure some places with Division One programs and um, probably more hockey interests at the time. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a really funny story, but uh, this is the only school I applied to out of high school, and I did not have anyone in my family that uh, that ever came to school here. And so I was just really sold on the communications program here and what I would be able to accomplish, the um, opportunities both in the classroom, outside of the classroom. And so that was, you know, that was the, the main reason I came here was just to get that experience as a broadcaster. And, and it's been a, tr a tremendous opportunity for me, and I, I've really enjoyed it so far through these five years. And then you mentioned your first days, trying to get it going with the Alabama hockey team. How have you seen the team, just in terms of the fan interest, grow from the time you got to Tuscaloosa to where we are now? It's been almost exponential. You know, I think every single year it, it just gets higher and higher and higher. Um, like I said earlier, the, the team Twitter account is over 6,000 followers now. That's the largest out of the 500 ACHA teams that are out there in all five of their divisions. Um, but just the general fan interest, you know, the, the, the team currently plays the Pelham Civic Complex, three, uh, excuse me, 3,500 seats, uh, and then that could be expanded to, to uh, capacity with standing room only about 3,800, and they've had sellouts in the last few years. Uh, typically when they play Auburn and, and some of the other uh, big draws with the local teams, uh, they definitely pack that place out, and so you see that in, in the seats when you come to the games, that the crowds get bigger and bigger. Uh, but I've also seen it through the broadcast. You know, we typically have uh, anywhere between 700 and, and 1,300 people a night that tune in, uh, and that you know certainly makes us feel good that the broadcasters are doing their job, the team's doing their job to really uh, pull in that fan base. And so I, I again, it's been almost exponential that every single season that goes by, it seems there's more and more interest, there's more and more people in the seats, and uh, I think they're ju just doing a phenomenal job of expanding hockey in, into a non-traditional market. And then the staff you guys have, it is all students, is that right? It is. It, it, it's all student-run. Uh, President John LaVorne has done a phenomenal job uh, taking over this year from Jake Collins last season. But uh, typically it's a junior or a senior who, who runs the organization. Now they do have a coaching staff uh, that, that are non-students that also, uh, you know, obviously coach the team and, and, and make those tough decisions on the ice. But off the ice, in terms of the staff that we have, uh, the people that go into all the marketing, the uh, interaction on social media, the media guy design this season, uh, the broadcast, everything like that, um, that's all student-run. And so they, they do a phenomenal job. And, and along with just general interest, as the seasons have gone by, I have seen more and more students want to help and want to be a part of the program, and that's, that's great to see. And I guess, are you guys paid at all, or is there any support from the university financially? The university does support the team financially. 
um, to a certain degree. The team uh, has to use a lot of fundraising. The players pay dues. Uh, there's no athletic scholarships at our level, so the, the players are paying dues. Um, now, there are academic scholarships mm -hmm. available, of course. But it's almost like a fraternity or sorority in that way that would be set up. Right, and so you're paying uh, to be a part of, of, of the team, uh, but the players have to go through a tryout process every single season. So just because you're a junior or a senior doesn't mean you have a spot guaranteed on the roster the following season. Uh, and so that's different than I think, uh, obviously, your NCAA sports where you can kind of see the progression. But uh, there's a big wave of people that come in every season. Uh, you know, right now, Alabama has four Canadian players. They have 90% uh, of their players are from outside of the 11 states that make up the SEC footprint. So you really see people coming in from all over. Um, but, uh, yes, it, it's, it's kind of set up that way. Uh, but it's it's great opportunities for these kids to go out there and, and make the most of, of their careers in hockey. And are players able to continue their careers after Alabama to perhaps one of the professional ranks? So right now, uh, the only player that has gone on to play in a professional game that played at the University of Alabama is the current head coach, first-year head coach John Beershin, uh, as he was a goaltender in the third period of a game for the Columbus Cottonmouths. And when Coach Beersham was hired this year. He was hired from the Columbus Cottonmouths in the SPHL. He was an assistant coach that had played here at Alabama, had gone on to coach professionally. And then I think it really spoke volumes from him to come back and want to represent the university and be the head coach this season. And so he is the only player that has gone on to play in a professional game. However, when Alabama elevated their program status from ACHA Division Three to ACHA Division One. That creates more opportunities to get some of the high-caliber players in the country to come here. And uh, I think in the next few seasons, next few years, we will see more and more players that will go to the lower levels of professional hockey, get tryouts at camps and things of that nature. Now, with your coach, is he able to recruit high school kids? Is he able to? Is it work similar to how, like, a football coach be able to talk with a football recruit? This past weekend, he was uh, up in Minnesota recruiting. You know, he goes all over the country and, and tries to uh, create the um, the brand that that Alabama already has in many aspects with their athletics and 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 give that to the high school kids. Um, a lot of the players that Alabama is currently looking for play junior hockey, which is a little bit different than just high school hockey. Uh, but there's several players on the team right now that, that have played high school hockey and have excelled at that level. Uh, but it is very similar. The coach goes out, he recruits. Um, and at this level, it's a little bit different in terms of the NCAA because you don't have those dead periods. You don't have you know the periods where you can't talk to recruits. It's really a 24-7, 365-day-a-year rolling process where uh, the coach has, has free reign to go and talk to players. And so now the season is complete, uh, wrapped up uh, earlier this month. How was the season for Alabama hockey? It was a great season. It was just their second at ACHA Division One, and so they are still building the, the program. They uh, just completed their 12th season the first 10 years at ACHA Division Three, The last two have been at ACHA Division One, And the team finished at 19-16 and 16 this year. I think the men's basketball team here is 19-15. and 15. So uh, just about the same as, as what Coach Avery Johnson has been able to accomplish in his second year. Head coach John Beershin will be going into his second year uh, come this fall. But uh, Alabama had a great year. They were 15-16 and 16 two years ago. So they're continuing to improve. Uh, little by little, and I think next year they're really poised for, for a breakout season. They spent 
seven weeks this season in the ACHA Top 25 poll. The team had never been there before this year. They spent seven weeks inside that Top 25, getting as high as 21st, I believe. Um, so they are continuing to build, and, and it's great to see from my perspective. What was the most fun moment you guys had this year? We had some great moments this season. Uh, I think number one for me is is a bit of an odd situation, and, and I'll, I'll put two of them up there. Uh, the, the team for the first time ever played an outdoor game this year in Buffalo, New York, and that was a great highlight, I think, for everyone involved. If you think about the Winter Classic that the NHL does uh, and the Stadium Series games as well, it was very similar to that. Um, and it was a great feel that afternoon in Buffalo. We actually went into the night, and so it was a little bit chilly for a broadcaster <laughs> up in the uh, up in the rafters there. But um, it was it, that was a great moment. But I think the number one moment that that some of our players have even talked about. Uh, we played a midnight game against Liberty on the road this season. And it was a complete sellout at the LaHaye Ice Center in Lynchburg, Virginia. There were 4,000 people there. And uh, it was an incredible atmosphere. It's the best road atmosphere I've ever seen as a broadcaster at this level. Uh, and Alabama won the game. And it just sort of quieted all the, 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 the activity from the fans that were there. Uh, but it was a wild game back and forth. And um, Alabama came out on top. I, so I think for this season specifically, that was my, my number one highlight. What about overall in your career with Alabama? What stands out to you the most? Uh, you know, I, I think just seeing the progression of the team over the years. Uh, as a broadcaster, I've called over 175 games now with them, and um, that's been a, bless, a blessing. The team hosted the ACHA Division Three National Championship Tournament in 2015, their last year at ACHA Division Three, and I was selected uh, by the league as the broadcaster for that tournament, my second national tournament, and I got to do the semifinal games and the national championship game that year. And uh, Alabama was uh, was an overtime goal away from being in, in one of those semifinal games, so they made a great run in that tournament. Uh, but I think the the Pelham Alabama community did a great job to support that event, and you could really tell that Alabama had made such strides from where they started in 2005, only having 15 players and, and sort of creating this dream that was Alabama hockey to that moment uh, in 2015 when they were hosting a national championship tournament, something very special in their building all the way till now to where they're now succeeding at an ACHA Division One level. That progression has been really, really awesome to see. Do you hope at some point the D1 championship will be able to come to Pelham? Absolutely. Um, I, I think that uh, you know the, the building did such a good job back in 2015. That's something that may be uh, down the road. However, the ACHA now, and they just did this for the first time this season, has all of their championships under one building hmm. uh, in Columbus, Ohio. It's hosted by the Columbus Blue Jackets. And that was, from what I understand, a, a great, great event there in Columbus. And so I think that's a, 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 a very good route to go as well, to have everybody right there. Of course, not at the exact same time. They have to string it out over a few weeks to have D1, D2, D3, and then also the Women's Division One and Women's Division Two tournaments. Um, but, you know, the, the more opportunities that Alabama creates on the ice and off the ice, I think just, just – continues to push that Alabama brand and, and people like to see it. You mentioned the Alabama brand of looking at the cover of the media guide. You got the script A all over the place. You have the crimson. You have the white. What are some other Alabama traditions taken from some of the other sports that you guys have put in the hockey program? Well, they, they have a phenomenal locker room uh, that, that's first class uh, that you see the script A in there. You see uh, crimson tide lettering, as you would see at Bryant-Denny Stadium and at Coleman Coliseum. That's also on the wall. Um, the team, I, I think my favorite Alabama tradition is after a big win, the team will circle around the locker room logo. They all uh, 
take their arms around each other and they do the Ramer Jammer chant Great. Uh, about whatever team that, that they happen <laughs> to beat that night. And so that, I think, is one of the, the best moments to see them uh, very happy to have, to have beaten a good team. And uh, it's just something that, that again, that, that's a culture here at Alabama and that they've also adopted. <laughs> so I'm sure that's a lot of fun. Probably yay Alabama plays throughout Pelham as well. Yes, uh, they, they try to uh, do do that type of thing as well. We've been trying for, for several years to get some members of the uh, of the Million Dollar Band to come, and we hope that that will be something that we can accomplish someday. We had Big Al at one of our games this year, which uh, I think was the first time that they've done that in, in 12 years. So that was great for Big Al to come out and support the team. Uh, but they, they try to adopt things like that. It, it's tough sometimes. They play an hour away from mm-hmm. campus in Pelham. And so uh, they – do little things like that as they try to bring Tuscaloosa as much as they can to Pelham. So what are some things you guys try to do on campus during the year? So on campus, I think it's just about increasing the exposure of the program. Uh, the team earlier this year, I know that they went to a volleyball match and they all had their jerseys and the SEC Network put them on TV a few times and, and things like that. Um, I know head coach John Biershin is a big supporter of the women's basketball program. He's come out to several games uh, and then also s- support some of the other non-NCAA sports such as uh, equestrian. I know that Alabama had some players and, and some coaches go out and support one of their uh, matches earlier this year. And so I, I think that's just the, the biggest thing they can do. Um, earlier this year they had a couple of uh, buses that came to student buses that came to the Pelham Civic Complex that was set up through university programs and so uh, they chartered a bus and and students got to go to the games for free Uh, so little things like that help Um, it would certainly help if they played closer to campus or here in Tuscaloosa somewhere uh, but they do a great job with with trying to reach out with with the students and is there a facility that could help out with that down the road you think or it's not in place yet right now it's not in place Um, I think that has been investigated over the past few years and that's something something that we do get asked about a lot and so um, right now they play at the Pelham Civic Complex I think there's some other facilities possibly in the state that they could look into but um, a place in Tuscaloosa I think would be number one on their radar and let's talk a little bit about broadcasting hockey now I've done baseball I've done football basketball soccer volleyball one thing I've never done is hockey now, if I were to go into my first broadcast, let's say I was maybe filling in for you on Alabama hockey broadcast, what would be the most important things for me to think about when you're doing your job? What is most important to you when you're on the air? Uh, let's say it's radio. Well, for a radio broadcast, and, and this goes throughout throughout all sports, and you know this as well, uh, but it just comes back to preparation. It is being ready for anything that could happen out there. Um, I've seen panes of glass get knocked out, and so the, the game gets delayed. Uh, we had a game earlier this year where a player got injured, and it was about a 35-minute injury situation. They had to bring in a stretcher and, and things uh, like that. That It was a really scary moment, honestly, um, but you just have to fill time when, when something like that happens. But it's very fast-paced. Um, I make a spot, an old-fashioned spotting chart for every single game. That's something that Eli Gold uh, handed down to me a few years ago, and uh, that's been my best friend. I, I fill that sheet out to the best of my abilities. I make it in an Excel document and uh, put as much information in there as I can. What are the most important stats that uh, you have to have? Well, I, I think whenever someone scores a goal, it's important to know how many goals they've scored that season, if it's their first goal, if, it, if it's their first career goal. Um, and then also milestones are very important to people. So if this is the 100th career goal, if this is the 10th goal of the season, the 20th goal of the season, um, that's important to know. Um, but, you know, just telling the story is as best as possible. People do like to know about the hometowns. Again, like I said, 90% of our players are outside of the SEC footprint. The average uh, hometown for one of our players is over 1,000 miles away. And so we have 
uh, students coming in from Canada, from the Northeast, from the Midwest. Uh, we've got one from Arizona. And so telling their story is, is very important, I think, as, as it is with any sport. Uh, but you, you always want to know when somebody has the puck on their stick, you'd like to know, you know what position they are, where they come from, and, and what their stat line looks like for that season. I think that chart really helps me. And then any broadcaster, if you go, you always try to get better each and every broadcast and each and every year. Um, what were some of the hardest things to learn for you in hockey play-by-play? What are you most proud of, like some of the strides you've made since when you first started with Alabama five years ago? Sure. Well, when I started five years ago, I, I think, um, you know, I still got the jitters. And I still got a little nervous when I was on the air. I, I don't get that anymore, and, and that's just a product of calling so many games and having the experience. Um, but, you know, you, you want to try to bring the game back to – to the people as best as possible. Um, you know, I, I think of it as, as people are inviting you into their living room for the evening, into their car, uh, wherever they may be tuning into the game. And so it's a special relationship. And so you have to be able to bring that detail to them uh, as best as possible. I think when I first started out, I, I had some jitters, um, you know, keeping up with names. The preparation was not as good when I first started out. And so that's something I've been able to learn over the years. And uh, that, that really does help. And at our level, uh, sometimes it's tough to get that information from teams. Uh, players may join the team midweek, and so you don't know who they are, um, may not know too much about them, uh, but you try to be prepared as, as best as possible. I think that's the number one thing is it's just being prepared. And, uh, you know, you, you never want to make the game about you. You always want to let the, the game tell its own story. You just try to stay out of the way. Uh, in my opinion. And so um, you don't want to overhype anything and you don't want to underhype anything. You want to tell the story as it's happening. And I think that's a skill that I've been able to, to develop really well over the last five years. Now, if scoring a goal is the most exciting part of the game, what's the second most exciting part to call? Well, I, I think ordinarily maybe for a professional game it would be a fight, but we don't have that at our level. Um, and so I, I think just in general a power play. If there's a man advantage out there on the ice, that typically means that one team is going to possess it in the offensive zone a lot and have some very good scoring opportunities. And so even if your power play is not very good, Alabama's power play happened to be uh, the best in the country this season statistically in terms of percentage and, and converting. And so it was always exciting to see them go out there uh, but I think that that's probably the second most exciting thing is whenever a team has an opportunity and uh, usually you see some really good scoring opportunities uh, and, and it makes for some great moments. Maybe the goaltender makes an exciting save and you have to bring that to life as well. Um, although I'm Alabama's broadcaster, I, I try to stay as neutral as I can. Now I want to, to make the hometown fans feel good about their team, uh, but I stay as neutral as I can. I'm never very uh, overly critical of the referees making a bad call and, and things like that. I, I try to just let the game tell the story. And I'm sure you get locked into the NHL playoffs, watching a lot of NBC, watching a lot of Doc Emmerich, and he is known for his incredible vocabulary of a variety of different ways. You can pass the puck, score, different things like that. Any words you've tried to kind of not necessarily take from him, but I guess it is take from him or any just kind of phrasing that you've heard from some other hockey announcers you really like? Well, Doc Emmerich, in my opinion, is, is the best uh, on American television, and so if you get a chance to watch an NHL game... That's uh, poetry. It, it's it, amazing. It, it, it's incredible, and he is uh, just one of a kind, and it's it's been... Uh, so fun to watch him over my uh, last few years of just really honing into the broadcast skills. Um, he does a great job with the with the description, you know, because so many times you're going to see a pass out there on the ice. There's only so many times you can say that that's a pass. You know, shuffles it over to the left wing side, you know, pulls it back to the right wing side, fires it in the offensive zone. There's so many different ways of describing uh, just basically the same thing, and he does that so well. Um, something that I pick up from uh, actually Jason Shia in, in Charlotte, North Carolina, 
is uh, something I learned when I was in high school. Is he always invited the fans to message him, to tweet him, and let them know, uh, let him know where they're listening in from. And so, you know, I, I try to, to do that as well. Um, we have a little bit of a, a chat window that's on our audio feed, and so I can go in there in the intermission break and, and see what people are talking about. And uh, I'd like to say hello to everyone who's listening out there. And so I try to name them individually and where you're listening in from. That's very important information to, uh, for me. Uh, but then also if you look at other broadcasters, John Forsland, I'll go back to him in, in uh, Carolina with the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, at the start of every game, it's sit back and enjoy this. You know, that that's something that he always says. He has little phrases like that, and you never want to directly steal from a broadcaster sure. because you have to be your own person. Uh, but but listening to people like that, that that are at the top level of our business, they do such a good job. Uh, you do have to learn little tricks of the trade like that. And you're still a student here at the University of Alabama. How is school going for you, and how much uh, more do you have left here in Tuscaloosa? School's going well. Uh, I'm, I plan on graduating next year, uh, so that's where I am right now. But, uh, you know, right now I, I try to focus so much on the hockey team. Uh, I, I've had a lot of great experience with them, and it's something I want to do professionally. And I, I want to be a sports broadcaster, but I really want to be a hockey broadcaster. And so uh, it is, as important as academics are, my, te- my time with the team – uh, you can't put a value on that. And the the opportunities that I have, the the what I've been able to learn, the things I've been able to do, uh, you really cannot put a value on that. And so I, I really do value the time uh, that I've had with them, which has been five years now. Uh, I, I'm on track to call my 200th game with them next season, so I look forward to doing that. Uh, but it's it's been an, an amazing experience and, and something that I, I couldn't duplicate anywhere else. Does it work similar for hockey like it does for a lot of baseball announcers where they go through the minor leagues and just try to work their way up to the NHL? Absolutely. Uh, the minor league hockey you know, hiring season, really, if you want to call it that, is about from May until August. And so uh, different broadcasters will move on. They may get a different job somewhere else in hockey. They may leave the sport of hockey. And so I always uh, try to monitor that as, as closely as possible because I think the number one goal for me in the near future is to get hired by a professional organization at any level, uh, whether that be the NHL, the American League, the East Coast League, the Federal Hockey League, the SPHL, um, anything like that would be a phenomenal opportunity for me starting out. And so I always try to, uh, to monitor that and uh, get people my information. Well, you mentioned you've been with Alabama Hockey for the last five years, and even if you do, move on to professional team and leave Tuscaloosa. What do you think the next five years or so are going to mean for the Alabama hockey program in terms of its growth? Well, that, that, that's a great question. The, it's going to be exciting. I mean, the way that it's trending right now, you've got a 28-year-old head coach and John Beerson getting ready to go into his second season who already has uh, three years of professional experience coaching. Um, so he's doing a great job right now with the program. But I would say, you know, since he was hired in the last 12 months, uh, the growth, the interest of this program has really shot through the roof. And um, I, I think that, you know, something that you can look out, look at down the road is, you know, the, the, the top quality opponents that are going to be coming into the Pelham Civic Complex. Alabama, uh, for the first time ever this season, they hosted an ACHA top 25 team in Liberty. Uh, they split with the Flames that weekend after, uh, like I said back in the fall, they played two games up in Lynchburg, Virginia. Uh, but it's just about getting that top quality opponent into the Pelham Civic Complex and winning some of those games from Alabama. You know, they they used to play at ACHA Division III and they would play some other SEC schools and typically 
uh, Alabama was on the winning end, and it, and it wasn't pretty, you know. And, and so a lot of situations, Alabama has had to move on from some of the SEC teams, and I know that's what Alabama fans want to see. They want to see Alabama. What schools have those programs? So every every program in the SEC has a hockey program at some – every school has it at some level. Um, Alabama and Arkansas are the only ACHA Division One teams at that at that highest level, uh, the the highest level before you can get to NCAA, of course, and then Kentucky, Missouri, Texas A and M have ACHA Division Two. Everyone else is ACHA Division Three. And typically the one, two, and the three there, as you hear those different uh, divisions called out, that's just the caliber of play. It's um, the amount of money. It's the amount of attention. It's the amount of uh, just progress that's going into the, the hockey programs at those universities. And so there's only, like I said earlier, there's only 60 schools at ACHA Division One, so it's a very um, tight-knit group, and it's 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 you have to apply to get into that. Um, and so Alabama and Arkansas, they are both there. Uh, but, uh, you know, unfortunately for some of those other SEC schools, Alabama uh, has just uh, not been able to, you know, have close games with them. You look at uh, Auburn. Alabama, obviously, that's their top rival, 19-0 uh, Alabama all-time against Auburn, and uh, most of those games have not been close. And so Alabama, they continue to try to find teams at ACHA Division One. They're going to give them good hockey games. And as you can tell by the record, since moving up to ACHA Division One, they've got that competition they're looking for. It's the toughest uh, – uh, you know, competition that they can play right now without going to NCAA level. And so Alabama is going to try to uh, go win a national championship in the next five years. I think that's what uh, the number one goal will be. And I think in the next five years, you will see them start to really compete uh, with the, some of those top caliber programs. And where can people go online to follow more about Alabama hockey and kind of get ready for the upcoming season? I'll start this fall. Absolutely. Well, the, the schedule this fall uh, for this fall season uh, should be out sometime in the summer, maybe June or July, and so look for the schedule to come out then. Uh, but the team's official website is alabamahockeyclub.com. The team can be found uh, at Alabama Hockey on Twitter. I think that's their biggest area of social media presence, but they're also on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and a YouTube channel as well. Uh, but alabamahockeyclub.com is where we invite everyone to go. You can find the schedule, team information, the broadcast information, everything you need is right there. Uh, and uh, so the team does a great job of, of keeping up that website, but uh, alabamahockeyclub.com. All right, I can't let you go without asking you what is your favorite hockey movie? Ho favorite hockey movie? Um, I have, you know, I have several in mind. Well, yeah, <laughs> you've you got to look at uh, Miracle. You've got to look at Slapshot. Um, wow. I'll, I'll probably go Slapshot. I'll probably go with Slapshot. What about you? Probably Mighty Ducks. Okay. I, I love all three of the Mighty Ducks films. The second one's my favorite. I know critics panned it. I know critics really did not like D3 when they went to right. uh, Eaton Hall, the school and fake school in Minnesota. But D2 is awesome. Yeah. Just the way they had, you know, the Junior Goodwill games. And, you know, the first one's great, too. They obviously got to set it up. But I always liked the Hawks. You see, I would have been a Hawks fan, not a Ducks fan. I see. Okay. Well, that that, that that's a fair answer. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you like about Slapshot? What is it? Is working with a college hockey team? Does it kind of have that kind of similar feel to a rambunctious group of minor league hockey players? Well, I, I it can at times. Um, I you know that that film is 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 getting up there in age sure, now, and yeah. so you know there's a lot of outdated things uh, in that film, but. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's you, you have to really want to be here. You know, this is this is a non-scholarship sport. No one is you, you don't sign a, an, a letter of intent. And so no one's forcing you to, to, to be on the team or be with the organization. And so the people that show up 
uh, really do a good job of, of you know really letting their pride for hockey come out and uh, they you know the players do a phenomenal job and and they have to practice three times a week an hour away from campus sometimes getting back to Tuscaloosa at one or two in the morning um, and so what they go through to just be a part of Alabama hockey I, I think is really special and you also mentioned miracle there are teams really any sport if they need a good pick-me-up if they need to get really motivated for a game a lot of coaches will play the movie miracle so I imagine for hockey that story has an extra meaning for you guys oh absolutely anytime you can represent your country that's that's the number one thing that you can take away from that um, and that's the last time that the U.S. won gold in, in hockey at the, at the Olympics. And so, um, you know, I certainly could see that happening in the near future. However, you know, if it does, it's, it's you know, it just wouldn't have the same meaning. You know, you've got professionals playing against professionals now uh, instead of those, you know, college hockey players taking on one of the greatest dynasties in the history of, of sports and, and uh, the Soviet Union back in 1980. Um, but, yeah, it, it, with, with the sport of hockey, it, it has a, a tremendous meaning, and I think everyone really takes pride in, in that. And uh, there's a few Canadian players on the team, and so they are quick to tell us about the, uh, the Canadians and, and whenever they're doing well, whether it's at the um, World Juniors or, or in the Olympics. And so they're always tough to beat. But uh, we'll see if the United States can get back to the top of the mountain. I, I think that they've got a great shot here the next uh, couple of years. You look back at the Vancouver games, and they lost in, uh, in overtime to the Canadians and, and Sidney Crosby scoring that golden goal that gave Canada the, the gold medal in that game. That's as close, I think, as they've been since 1980, uh, but they've got a great chance to, to go and do it again. Great conversation with Kendall Grayson. I think he's got a very bright future ahead of him, and how can you not love some conversation about some of the best hockey movies that are out there as well? That's going to wrap up this edition of the Roger Hoover Podcast again. I feel like I do this every time when there's been a long layoff, but I do apologize for the amount of time in between episodes. But coming up in the next few weeks, I will have some major league guests that will join us. So make sure you keep an eye out for that. And you can always follow me on Twitter at Roger underscore Hoover or follow the blog at medium.com slash Hoover blog. And you'll find the latest episodes of the podcast right there, along with on iTunes, SoundCloud and Stitcher. But until next time, play the waltz. I remember the night and the Tennessee walls. Only you know how much I have lost. Yes, I lost my little darling the night they were playing that beautiful Tennessee.